This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the very best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com. For professional advice, dog training tips, ebooks, and a video to teach your dog how to walk on a leash, go to FamilyDogFusion.com and sign up for your free membership today. Here we are, talking about all things dog. Every aspect of your dog's life is important. Longevity, happiness, and the health of your dog depends on you. Are you doing the things you need to do to make sure your dog will live a balanced life? I mean, we talk about balancing our lives all the time, right? Why not your dogs? We would love for you to join our community of dog lovers. Log on to Facebook and search for our business page, Family Dog Fusion. There you will get updates as to what's going on with our dog-loving family and friends from all over the world. See events, our travels, or just information that you may need about the podcast, our book, or the new products we'll be releasing. That's Family Dog Fusion on Facebook. See you there. This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's lifetime so that you may have the most productive time you can with your dog. I am Benny Copeland, behaviorist to the dogs, trainer to the people, and today I am again here with Dave and Judy because we are all dog dog lovers, just like you. What else can you do to help your dog live a long and healthy life? I mean, we covered nutrition, we covered playtime, we covered understanding what your breed is and your their longevity there. And we also talked about picking a good vet for you and your dog. Today, we're going to b- talk about travel and environment. What, is the, what are the environments that you put your dog into? We want you to think about the things that you do and how it affects your dog's life. So Dave and Judy, you travel with sunshine more than anyone I know. Remember in episode 253, Judy talked about traveling with your dog overseas. Well, today, we're going to talk about maybe going cross-country and some of the things that we do. Excellent. Do you love what you hear in all of these podcasts? Does what Benny say just make sense to you? Well, if you want a more in-depth understanding of what it means when we say demystify your dog's behavior, then you need to go to Amazon.com and get Benny's book, Family Dog Fusion. Yes, we named the book after the website because we wanted things to be simple to remember. And most of all, we really want to fuse your dog into your family. In these few pages, Benny has decoded dog behavior. He's found a way to make what he has learned over the past 20 years of his life make sense when it comes to communicating with your dog. Also, the great thing about this book is you can mark up the pages, highlight the important stuff, bend the heck out of the spine even if you want to. It's yours. So we suggest to do all those things and then give it away and buy a new book when that happens. Family Dog Fusion on Amazon.com. Get your copy today. Okay, so here we go because I have zero notes from this point forward. So we're just kind of talking, right? So we both travel and we both love to have our dogs with, all three of us love to have our dogs with us, right? We traveled across the country, moving from California to Nashville in 2014. And we learned that the dog loves the car ride. 
but we also need to stop. We go to local parks. We would just find a city and go to a local park to take her out and go for lunch and then jump in the car again and stay at La Quinta is a dog-friendly um, hotel across the country. Perfect for dog travelers. I think Red Roof Inn is too. Yeah. I think they're a dog. So how did you find the parks? I mean, were they actually dog parks? No, or were they, they were just- regular parks because you know Sunshine. She doesn't really... She doesn't socialize that much with other dogs, and she's really good dog off-leash. So we just look up the local city that we're driving through and look up the local parks, and we just stop. Yeah, we. I think our, our trip was probably 24 hours of driving. So what we would do was try to do maybe a three-hour stretch, and I'd be driving. Judy would look forward to say, okay, where are we going to be in three hours? And we would definitely make a point of finding a park. When we had lunch, we would take actually get the lunch to go in the park so the dog could run around. And the other interesting thing that I read a while back is about dogs and dehydration. That they they actually, when you're traveling in the cars, you have to remember to keep your dogs hydrated. I would say, you know, Oz really pants when he's in the car. So I would say that too. But the biggest surprise for me for what you just said right there is the fact that Judy could actually hold it for three hours. <laughs> Well, the other big surprise is that when I asked her to find a park three hours ahead, that she could actually use the Google and figure all that out. <laughs> Listen, she can get your car dog across seas, but she can't get it from one state line to the other. <laughs> so that's not true. You guys travel all the time. Um, it was interesting because you said you went from California to here. Have you guys ever flown with Sunshine? Never, never. We would not put our dog in a cargo hold. There's too many horror stories of things that happen to adult dogs in the cargo hold. So we would never put her in an airplane. And again, this is just our opinion. We realize folks that move more frequently than others like military, et cetera, and they want to take their dog with them. Um, That's another example of when you have to have a good veterinarian, talk to the vet. How do I prepare my dog for planes? But but my mother used to work at Hartsfield for a number of years, and she told us multiple stories of not only, unfortunately, um, pets arriving that were deceased, but she had a view because she worked in the airport of the runways and dogs would get out. And so there's just, and maybe it didn't statistically happen as much, but it was just a risk that we didn't want to take. Also, um, it used to be back in the day, you would give your dog a, um, like a sedative to fly. And they've determined now that that contributes to the death of dogs in the high altitude. So they recommend you give your dog nothing when you fly now. And so if you have an anxious dog, it may not be the best way to travel. Yeah. And, you know, in, in back in the day, I mean, they, you had to put them in the cargo hold. I mean, that's what the only play way a dog could travel. Um, here recently, um, they've been allowing dogs to come on as emotional support dogs. And obviously, we're seeing that that's become a problem because now they're um, disallowing even emotional support animals, uh, not just dogs, but other animals. Um, someone actually was talking to him about, they said they had a bird. And I'm like, Seriously, <laughs> did you see the SNL skit about the? They know it was a Jurassic Park. They brought in a, a like a emotional support pterodactyl <laughs> or Velociraptor or whatever it was. Didn't see that one, but but here's an interesting thought. And if any of the listeners out there know the answer to this, please send an email in. Why don't they have almost charter airlines that allow? They'll have unique flights. Unique flights that go from point A to point B that allow owners and their dogs. And 
you would know that you'd be on there with other dogs and other owners. I'm surprised that no airline that I know of hasn't jumped on that because actually sunshine's good enough that we would walk around a plane. She'd lay at our feet. And if, if we could do that, we would probably take that option as long as the dog was with us in the cabin. Right. And I, and I'm not sure if they're going to still allow people, especially if the dog can fit underneath um, the seat. Um, that was one of the things that I was hoping to be able to do with beans, you know, is travel with beans and, and that she would go under the seat and just lay down there. Um, at this age, she doesn't lay down for 10 seconds anywhere. So um, that would be, you know, that would be my biggest issue is that if all of a sudden she wanted to get up and be around, you know, and everybody wants to love on the dog and do those things too, it does um, become a disruption. I'm sure a lot of people now are going to be traveling because, you know, some of the COVID restrictions are lifted and a lot of people want to travel. So now you're taking up either an extra seat for a dog or, you know, things like that because they're not separating them like they used to in the planes. Yeah. We, uh We'd love that. As an example, our niece is getting married in May up in New Hampshire. And so we're driving with Sunshine. And it's uh, 16 hours, I think, up there. And But we decided we're going to take Sunshine and go. And so she, she likes the car ride. The only angst that I have when I drive is we don't seatbelt her in. So, and we've never had any issues with it. I've always been driving when she's in the back. But still, it's just it scares me a little bit that if for some reason somebody came out and hit us and she's not seat belted in, that that could be a catastrophe. So I don't know if you have an opinion on trying to buckle dogs in. Well, I mean, we are talking about dog longevity. Um, one of the things that I used to do with my dogs um, just so that they would always stay in one spot is I would actually just close the leash into the door. Um, so that the dog would stay in one spot. Um, I don't, le I don't um, buckle Oz in. Uh, I still have to work with Beans sometimes. Um, she does like to move around a lot in the back. My whole back is wide open. It's flat. You know, I could fit in my little tiny car. I could fit four dogs comfortably. Um, but Oz never moves. You know, and if it's a longer trip, he will lie down. And he stays right there. Um, again, you know, it's one of those things where is the seatbelt going to save their life or not? Dogs are typically a lot better in those type of situations um, where we tense up and, and, you know, and you would see the car coming. They might not. And they're a little more relaxed and that they have a tendency to be able to get out of those situations better than we do. Um yeah, I would think, you know, buckling up your dog would be a safer, uh, you know, choice. And uh, definitely, um, you know, you and I were not insane, crazy drivers. Um, but that doesn't mean they aren't out there. And unfortunately, again, with travel going on and, and all the restrictions being lifted, I'm seeing so many more cars on the road that I hadn't, you know, that that we've gone a whole year without seeing that kind of traffic and stuff. So uh, I think in in the course of what we were talking about, you know, looking for these dog park uh, opportunities to stop with your dog, allowing your dog to get out and do a little exercise. Um, you know, dogs sleep for a long time. I could probably leave Oz in the car for, you know, eight hours and he would be fine. Now, beans, no way. And again, speaking of longevity, our topic, when you have your dogs in the car, you have to be very mindful of not leaving them on hot day. I mean, it goes without saying, but we still see dogs at times in cars when they shouldn't be. That's a great point. Oh my gosh. We were at the farmer's market here in Nashville um, last summer and, or the past summer, and there was a dog in a car with the windows up. And so we went in 
and it was like 90 degrees out. We went into the farmer's market and got a security guard to find out where the people were. I can't believe people don't understand that the inside your car is at least 20 degrees hotter than outside. And it gets that way very quickly. And I have one of those really cool window punch things that if you ever get trapped in your car in my keychain, and it's just this little pokey, and you just put it on the window, and it shatters. And I'm like, can I use it now? Can I use it now? You know, it is legal to do that in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about all of Tennessee, but it is le- Ill- it is legal to break the window if you see a child or a, a dog in a car. Not that car. we're condoning that. You have to use your own best judgment. <laughs> I'll condone it. <laughs> I second that. Just as long as I don't know about it. Don't text me afterwards and go, dude, I did it. <laughs> it's interesting. A lot of the longevity things that we've been talking about is common sense. And you would think it's common sense. And there's another one, and I don't know if we're ready to move on to it, but we've seen people that bring their dogs into bars. Yeah. And I was going to talk about that because we actually touched on that a little bit when we talked about the emotionally support uh, or most emotion, emotion. What the heck is that? emotional support dogs or animals. Yeah. So, and that's what a lot of people do. I actually have seen that as well, where people are bringing them into more into restaurants and to um, not just restaurants, but smoky areas, because think about it. If you're going to smoke at a restaurant, where do you smoke? At your table. Yeah, right. (laughs) No, nobody smokes at the table. If you're smoking in a restaurant, you go outside to smoke. Well, where are the dogs allowed? Only outside. So you're putting them in an environment that could be um, unhealthy for the dog. Um, In Nashville, we still have the opportunity to have um, pubs and bars that if they're 21 and up, you can smoke in them. So there are buildings that are smoking. And I have seen people bringing their dogs into these environments. Yeah, that was, I don't have a problem with dogs and bars. It was the smoky bars that I was, I didn't finish the thought. But, you know, you're breathing. I, I, I frequent some of those bars and you're taking in all the nicotine and so is your dog. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole, that was the whole point of it because it's secondhand smoke to, is just as bad. And, um, you know, it is a choice though. You do get to make the choice of whether or not you go to those places. Um, you and I, I know we like to go throw darts and we have a couple bars that are smoking, 21 and up bars. And typically we go during the day when there's not a lot of people in there smoking. But even in those times, I mean, it's in every fiber of that place and walking away, you get it in your clothing and, you know, all my clothing goes straight into the laundry laundry right after that because um, the smell is there. Um, I do choose to go to those places. And It is a benefit now, though, when you wear masks into smoking bars because the next day you can put your mask back on <laughs> and, and enjoy that. Right, and you get your <laughs> nicotine from the day before. Oh, my God. You don't know how many times I've done that and then just went... Mm-hmm. Okay. It smells like my beer and that smoke. So, um, yeah, so it is definitely something that, uh, traveling, you know, to some of the, uh, hotels that you talked about, I'm not even sure if they still allow smoking in some of the rooms or what the States do. If the States still have smoking and non-smoking rooms, I think it's interesting, obviously planes don't anymore, but I think it's interesting that there are still some places around like that and that they are, um, you're, you're going to be exposed to that whether or not, you know, if you get put in that room, well, this is not only a dog room, but it's a smoking room because we allow both and, you know, whatever. And I remember going into a hotel and 
it was so, and it was a really nice hotel in Chattanooga and it was so nice and they allowed dogs in there and we had brought our dog and it smelled so bad that like you couldn't even get the out of it. We had to, you know, the smell out of it. We had to get, um, we had to get, uh, another room because it was so bad. I mean, it was bad for my dog. <laughs> yeah. One of the things we were talking about traveling before and, and then just uh, hotels that you go into, one of the sites that Judy found that we use extensively is bringfido.com and not a commercial for them, but they have like 20,000 plus listings of the parks we mentioned, hotels, yeah. restaurants, and it's not all not in, only in the United States, it's around the world. And so I highly oh, wow. recommend if people are traveling, look that up on your phone. And it, it's a it's a great way to go to determine what city you're going to, where can I take my dogs, what hotels, et cetera. So uh, great website. Awesome. And, uh, you know, that's a great thing. I wonder, you know, if they had like parks and stuff, I'm sure you can find, I know I use that uh, thing, All Trails. I bet it has a lot of the parks and things like that on it so that you could find parks and things on your way as well, other than just trying to Google local parks or something. Um, yeah, there's got to be uh, bringfido.com. There you go. Oh, it's got beaches and parks and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and, I, and I, I can't imagine. And, and Dave, I know I heard something about an airline that is exclusively allowing dogs. And I'm not sure. I don't remember the name of the airline. I don't remember um, if it's even going to fly out of Nashville at first. But um, I, I feel like I talked to someone or heard something about that. I think Maybe for something to research, Sunshine's a little skittish when it comes to thunder and different things. We think that she would be okay on a bigger plane because once you take off, it's not super loud. We have uh, two of our friends have, they fly. And so they have a couple planes and they've invited us multiple times. We've flown with them, but not with a dog because it's a little bit, it's a smaller plane. I think it's a four and a six seater. Um, and it's, it's definitely noisy on the inside. And so we're thinking that might freak her out a little bit, but I would, that's, yeah, that you was start an option out, to move, a fly. You start out that way and then uh, try to get her on a regular plane. You'll never yeah, get on a regular plane. <laughs> no. <laughs> so no, she'll the associate other thing, though, that. is um, ferries. So we've been around the world and we've taken ferries, um, which are boat ferries, Dave. Um, and a uh, lot of, many of them, most of them are dog-friendly. We get dog-friendly cabins for overnight trips in, in a ferry. And so that she um, has no problem traveling that way. So, are you talking about the little no, things with the wings, ferry. like the? <laughs> so I, you know, I've never been on a ferry, like the one where you drive your car on and yeah, you can yeah, do that. So, yeah. so I've never done that. I've that never been on that ferry. Spain and Italy and yeah, yeah. So that'd be fun. There's some that you they require you to get a room with the dog to keep him or her the dog inside the room, which we've done. And normally, if that's the case, we'll do an overnight. So you leave one place, go to sleep, you wake up in the next place. Other ones, literally, you just drive your car on and then you stay in the car. So there's a lot of different options. And again, these were in Europe, but uh, my guess is there's probably some here as well. Are they they a lot more lenient in the European companies, countries about where you bring your dog and stuff? Yes, absolutely. You can bring them in any, the only place you cannot bring a dog in Europe is in a church or in a grocery store. Otherwise, everywhere else, you can go to the best white cloth, tablecloth restaurant and bring your dog. Church and where else? In a grocery store. Grocery store. So, 
What's the food. connection? It's the food. Oh, there's food in the churches. Okay. I no, no, it. no. Right, churches so because it's religious, but grocery stores because religious. it's raw food. Dogs don't have religion? I guess not. Dogs <laughs> have not found religion yet, Penny. Those damn atheist dogs. Well, in summary, today we talked. We are done for this one, man. This has gone too long. So, in summary, today we talked about doing things that will help your dog live longer. You discovered things you can do while driving and traveling with your dog. You also learned that there are places you may want to avoid. Obviously, churches. Thank you. If you would like to contact us, we have a link on our website, familydogfusion.com. We would love to hear your opinion and we value your feedback. So again, familydogfusion.com. Or if you just want to send us a direct message, you can do that via email. It goes to familydogfusion at gmail.com. Your comments are important to us and help us with future shows. Thank you for listening to our show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. Also, go ahead and give us a five-star review because it helps others find our show. And frankly, we just love to read them. This show is produced by Eric Jayner and show notes are created by Carissa Dolan. Thank you to all of the Family Dog Fusion team and our affiliate sponsor, Healthy Paws Pet Insurance. For your free pet insurance quote, go to familydogfusion.com slash insurance. And go to familydogfusion.com and sign up for your free membership today. Be impeccable with with your traveling dog. That was horrible.